Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. This week's episode is brought to you by AFCO, family owned and operated. AFCO Fishing Apparel and Tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather it any day on the water. From cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in Florida, our products are built to handle the extreme. We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20-plus year life cycle of the AFCO products. Visit AFCO.com. That's A-F-T-C-O.com for on-the-water performance gear. Also brought to you by... Baker's Metalworks and Dixie Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Hope everybody is having a great week this week. And, uh, man, got a little crazy weather, 85 yesterday, cooled off, and you know, in the 60s today, and uh, going to continue to get colder as we move into the weekend, I'm going to be headed up tomorrow with uh, Tracy Umber, Brad Whitehead. We're going to be on Pickwick with some live bait, smallmouth fishing, and I am fired up to join those guys. You know, it's, it's really cool. I, I get these guys on the podcast. They, they called in for years. We've all got to know them that listen to the podcast. I sure feel like I've got to know them. So, you know... I know them from the phone and from the podcast, but I'm I'm just fired up to be able to to join these guys in person and uh, be able to catch some of these six pound smallmouth they catching right now. So we'll do a live broadcast from there as well, and that'll be for next week's show. So y'all definitely tune in for that because uh, I guarantee you it's going to be exciting. But hey, let's get to this week and let's talk about some fishing. That's what we all listen for. And uh, man, I am fired up about this first segment of the day we hadn't had anybody from the mobile delta you know tensaw river we hadn't had anybody from that area on the show in a while but man i'm fired up to introduce y'all to dip mcmillan what's going on dip what's going on buddy nice to be here man i'm glad you're here man thank you for calling in no problem absolutely well but you the crappie king down there on the coast huh that's what that's what people are saying I said you're the man. I don't know about that, ma'am. I just love the fish, man. I love my crappie. Every chance I get, I try to be on the tensile delta. I hear you. You know, in the intro part there, we, you know, we, we've got people all over, you know, Gunnersville, Pickwick, 
Wheeler, Jordan, Logan Martin, Lake, Lake Martin. I mean, you follow. We've got all these big bodies of water. We're blessed in the state of Alabama, right? We got a lot of water and a lot of great fisheries. But uh, we haven't had a lot of people from the Mobile Delta that have joined us on here. And the Mobile Delta is totally different than the rest of the state and the other fishers that we have, right? Yes, sir. No doubt. Over here, probably, well, you know, the river system is a tide, man. And it ain't like those lakes, man. We are affected by a tide and the north wind will blow out the water and the tensile. So we have to go through those changes throughout the year. Yeah, and y'all don't have a lot of deep water either, do you? Well, we do. Um, I say up the upper Tensaw, the upper Delta, up there around Brower Lake and Upper Bryant, Lower Bryant. That water get in twenty five to thirty foot in that part. Right, but that's still a big difference than like some of our major lakes in the state, where you know you can find forty. 40, 50, 80, 120 foot of water in places uh, and more, you know, up on Smith Lake and some of these lakes, it's 200 foot of water. Good gracious. Yeah, it's crazy. I've had people on here say that they've actually caught largemouth bass over 100 foot deep, which is crazy to think about. Man. But, uh, yeah. So y'all got a whole different set of challenges down there than these other lakes have not that they're more challenging sometimes but they're different challenges uh like you said the tide is a big factor you know and one of the questions i wanted to ask you dip is you know like on the other lakes that we're talking about the coosa chain tennessee river they're all controlled by the dams and the power companies and and as when they release water and that current starts it's like a dinner bell the fish turn on. Yeah. So is it the same way with the tide down there? I agree. Um, a hundred percent. Um, I fished yesterday and the bite was on fire, um, from daylight to about 10 o'clock. And I'm going to tell you after that, it started. Yeah. I mean, I got the live scope and stuff. So I'm seeing the fish down there, but they'll come to my bait or jig and look at it and go back down. But after about 12 o'clock, one o'clock, when that tide starting back to rise, the fish turn on again. So the tide is a big, big factor did you like fishing more when the tide is going out or when the tide is coming in me if i had to take a pick i like a falling tide when that tide going out to me it's like them fish is aggressive and they hitting anything their way but i also like a moving tide too if i had to take a pick i like a falling tide yeah but any of the tide whether it's rising or whether it's falling the fish will bite the only time that is really dead it's kind of that in-between time when no water's moving. Exactly. Correct. And yesterday for about two hours, the water wasn't moving and the bite was dead. I was just picking up scragglers here and there. But like I said, after that two hours mark, when that water fell back to rise, it was nonstop until I left. Well, you know, we, we hear from a lot of other really, really good uh, crappie fishermen around the state in these bigger lakes. But, you know, kind of what's your approach? Kind of what are you fishing around? How are you finding the fish? All that kind of stuff, man. Give us the details. All right, as I'm going to a lake, like yesterday, I went to a lake um, north of Cliff Landing. And um, and the first thing I do, man, I, I go in there and I put my side scan on 50 to 100 yards. And that side scan on my roll ramp will let me know where the fish are staging at. Either they're going to be suspended or they're going to be on structure, one or the two. And yesterday, those fish, my side scan was showing those fish on structure between seven to 10 foot of water. So once I figured that out, 
I pull my my live scope down, and then I'm this time of the year for me, man. I love to tie on a double rig with a men on bottom and a a jig on top, whether that's a hair jig or a Bobby Garland or ATX or whichever color I use on that uh, particular day. But I like to use a double jig because a double rig because every day that that fish around here on the tensile. He's not going to want a minnow. I don't care how much that minnow is moving his face. He's not going to want a minnow. He's going to want a different color or he want a pink head or something like that. That's what triggers those fish around here. So you notice a, a difference on certain days. You got a minnow on bottom and then what? How far How far above that's your jig? Maybe 12 inches, 24 inches? That's it. I, I usually um, tie my double rig about a foot, a foot and a half apart. And between that foot and foot and have a part, I put a, a number four or number five spit shot right above that middle hook, probably about two or three inches above that middle hook. And there's days that they will, that the majority of the fish you catch are on the jig and not on the shiner? I, absolutely, man. I had a, I wish uh, um, my buddy named um, Jackson and James Nelson, they hopped on my boat yesterday and they wanted to see this stuff in action, man. They said, We've been struggling. So they hopped on my boat. And they saw this stuff out of their own eyes, man. They'll come to that minnow, look at that minnow, and go straight to that jig. And yesterday, that particular jig was a, um, a hair jig, a solid gray color, made by one of my good buddies, Jason Domain. It was a solid gray color. We call it the ghost. And they were just attacking that jig. That blows my mind. That blows my mind that they would turn their nose up at a shiner and hit that jig. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't believe that either, but you can see the fish down there looking at that minnow and go straight and attack that jig. I wonder what it is. You think it's the color? Sometimes the color track them. Sometimes it's that 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 hair on that on that um hair jig, and, and like on the Bobby Garland, I love to use those short true tail. Anything like that will trigger those fish. I mean, and and a couple of trips and a couple of times yesterday when we pulled up on fish, they were, we were catching double. That's I mean, awesome. And, I'm telling you, man, we, and I had, and, and, and I do a lot of filming too. I got some of that stuff on film for all my followers. They can see this stuff and help them be a better crop system as well. Man. So the, you, you talk about the side scan and the, and the, and the forward facing sonar that it's a game. It's made a, it's a game changer for you. Isn't it? it really is. Like I said, I just put live stuff on my boat two months, about two months ago. And I'm going to tell you the first weekend. I started to um, go put it off and throw it in the landfill. But I said, man, I, I got it now. I got to get used to it. I mean, it aggravates me. I got to get used to it. But once I did my time, did my research, and, man, I'm going to tell you, it is a game changer. It, uh, it is. It'll let you know what them fish doing and where they want to eat that day. If some fish come up and look at that minnow and don't want to eat it, you need to start just changing up colors on your jigs and stuff. That day they don't want to eat minnow. You can't make them eat if they don't want to eat it. So, and that's what make me a better fisherman to be honest with you i mean i just throw my all the tools out there and, and some day they like a tip jig monday they like the tip jig i was using um a black and white jig and i tipped it with a minnow and they just tripping them on stuff like that small things yeah but you can see how they reacting to your lure and like you said if they come up there and they just kind of not excited about it just look at it and turn their nose up at it and then you put something else on and they attack it yeah. man that's a lot of information right there Exactly, man. And that's what, like I said, that was made me a, a better fisherman, man, just seeing what these fish adapt to. Since we have that live imaging now, we can look at that and depth of that. That forward facing, that stuff is just, is not, I mean, I, I mean, I, 
don't get me wrong. I, I love the I love the live scope, but it's a game changer, especially in the in the tournament world now, man. And it's a game changer. Yeah, yeah, you got to have it. You know, I was talking to my dad. He's a big crappie fisherman up in North Louisiana, and uh, he is old school, man. He ain't got any electronics on his boat. He's old school. He's always been, you know been able to catch fish and and just you know fishing in places he knows and and figuring it out but uh he was telling me the other day he said man i was in there fishing with next to two guys they had big old monitors all over their boat and uh had the live scope uh, and he said man they they were catching they were killing me he said they were killing me they were catching 10 times the fish i was catching and uh i'm like daddy you got to figure this out man if you're gonna if you're gonna stay in there with them you got to have it i'm telling you this technology came a long ways man i, I agree with it man this technology has came a long way when i first started out i didn't have electronic on my boat so i started out the hard way too yeah well you know and i know that it's a different system down there for sure than than the rest of the state but y'all still man i i remember i, I used to live in south alabama and man the crappie fishing was unbelievable off that you know, the Alabama River, Mobile River, some of them old oxbow lakes that we used to fish in there. Used to just have incredible crappie fishing in them. And uh, like you said, it's it's different. But the crappie fishing and the bass fishing both are phenomenal down there when it's on. In a lot of ways, I, I like it more because, you know, you don't have to worry about going and looking for fish in 25, 30 foot of water like some of these guys mm. do in the, in the winter and in those summer months when those crappie move out to some seriously deep water. I mean, y'all got, you know, what's the deepest you probably fish for? This summer, like I was telling uh, um, my buddies the other day on, there, on my Dippy out, uh, Outdoors with Dippy on my YouTube, I haven't fished in 12 deeper this summer. I, everything from in 12 to shallow. I mean, so I don't, I mean, usually I fish from... The only month I don't fish is January because I'm trying to kill a deer. So other than that, like last December, I was catching fish in for like 12, maybe 13 foot of water. But other than that, these fish have been shallow. They're going to be on structure. And like November, like this month, later this month and early December, these um, a few spots around on the Tinsaw and the Mobile River, they get in suspended water, but it's still going to be in 10 to 12 foot of water. Yeah. They're not going to be on that structure they're going to be in 10 or 12 foot of water suspended so we don't have to around here we don't have to get in that 20 and 30 foot of water to catch a crappie when it gets cold or in the summer months these crappie around here i'm gonna tell you july this year i was catching fish i mean limits i mean the hottest month of the year july we was catching fish in four to six foot of water when the heat index was 110 115 just unbelievable hot yeah that shallow, that, that shallow. is crazy. So, when you're looking for structure, you, you know, uh, are you looking? Are are you looking for stuff? Do you put out a lot of structure? Is there just so much natural structure there that you don't have to? All right. About ten years ago, I put out probably over 40, 50 Christmas trees and PVC pipes and stuff like that. When I didn't have electronics and all this top dollar stuff, I didn't have all that. I just marked it the best way I could on a tree limb and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the past five years, I haven't put out nothing and I'm not going to put out nothing no more because those stuff has floated away from this. You get these major river floods and the stuff that made it through now holds fish. And I use them for my dippy outdoor kids. And when a kid want to go fish with me, I take them, I call them my kids crappie condos and I take them to there and they will limit out just in an hour or so. But me personally, I love 
the stuff the good Lord put in there because it's the real deal. They got the algae on them that create the minerals and all that stuff. I don't, I don't put out no more Christmas trees and stuff like that. That sounds like you don't need to. You catching plenty of fish. Well, man, I know you just mentioned your your kids program, and uh, you were telling me before we started recording, you have a nonprofit, right? Yes, sir. We have the nonprofit organization called the Dippy Outdoors, and and it's basically just getting kids in the outdoors that's not able to go, uh, whether they oh don't have a bow or don't have a, um access to go kill a deer and stuff. That's when we take over and take them out there. And every year in August, we do a kids tournament at Hubbard's Landing. And, man, we started off five years ago with four kids. This past August, we had 74 kids there. Oh. Everything's free. And every kid leaves there with a rod and reel. One kid left there with a 8 by 10 utility trailer. Everything's free. That is awesome, man. And it started off five years ago with four kids, and you had 75 four this kids. year. Absolutely, man. Just a blessing. Now, blessing. how do you spell that? D-I-P-P-Y? D-I-P-P-I. D-I-P-P-I. Dippy Outdoor. Yes, sir. Dippy Outdoors. And it'll pop up on Facebook. And um, you'll, you'll see that I got my own Facebook page. You'll see all the stuff we post on there about the kids and stuff like that. And what's going on. And we do outdoor giveaways. Matter of fact, when I get off here, I got to go to Fairhope and meet a, um, meet a father, um, Mr. Lawrence Smith and his um his his daughter, they won a Dippy Outdoor giveaway the other day. Uh, deer hunting blind and some rod and reel and some more other prizes. So we do a Dippy Outdoors giveaway probably every other month or just whenever um some sponsor contact me and we make it happen. And Alfie, that's the next question I was gonna ask you is is most this 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 uh funding this, is this from sponsors, from local sponsors uh throughout the state that, that are helping or that are helping with this? Yeah, we got some out the state. We got some in Andalusia, North Alabama, um, Fairhope. We got them all the way around here. And and like this past um, giveaway sponsor, um, I did it out of my pocket, and another guy contributed too. So, man, the good Lord has blessed me, so I do not mind helping the kids out. Um, when he put something on me in the giveaway, I do it, no question asked. But I have big, huge sponsors that step up, just give me a call at any given time. Say, hey, Dip, let's do a giveaway, and that's when we make it happen. Dip, you're a good man, Dip. There's a lot of people ain't, man. A lot, of, a lot of people have the ability to give back and don't do it. And we've all probably been guilty of that at some point. But uh, for you to step up and, and take on something like this, to introduce kids to the outdoor and, and fund a big part of it out of, your, out of your pocket and give back, you're a good man. Thank you for what you're doing. Oh, man, I appreciate the kind words, buddy. Yeah, yeah, you'll be blessed for it. There ain't no doubt about that. Well, if somebody, if somebody wants to find out more about that, you know, the, the Dippy Outdoors kids program that you have, if they're interested in getting involved in any way, maybe from a sponsorship side, maybe they have a kid that they want to uh, get in involved in it that doesn't have, you know, somebody that to take them fishing. Is Facebook the best way to contact you? Yeah, Facebook or my phone number. My phone number is all on my DP Outdoor page, y'all, man. It's easy. 251-747-9261. It's all on my DP Outdoors page. That's the easy way to contact me by my phone number or DP Outdoors. When somebody sends me a message, it'll automatically come on my phone. So we'll contact them, I mean, um, less than an hour. That's awesome. Do you guide any trips down there for fishing? I do. I do. I call. We call them donation guides. And everything we make off that um, donation trips for crappie, we take it straight to Dippy Outdoors kids, and that's what we do our giveaways. That's what we raise money to the um, 
on the, the kids tournament in August. And we supply all the food and drinks. So all that crappy guys and all the stuff that people have that came on my boat and contribute, I thank them so much. And that's what goes into August, the big tournament. We have the snow cone machines and all that stuff goes to that tournament, man. So that's what we that's what my crappy guys go to. That's that's great, man. That's good stuff. Hey guys, if you're listening, he's already given his number out of on here. You can go to Dippy Outdoors on Facebook. Hey, book a trip with him and uh you're gonna catch a lot of fish. I, I you know, this is the first time I've had him on, but I can tell just by having him on for for this time that he would be a joy to be in the boat with and uh and you're gonna catch a lot of fish at the same time so hey all the proceeds of the fishing trip are, are going to a great cause you're gonna learn a incredible amount fishing with dippy and uh, learn how to use these electronics and, and learn what these fish are doing uh so don't hesitate to give him a call down there and uh dippy man i appreciate you man i can't wait to have you on some more buddy we're gonna make this a regular thing Awesome, man. I appreciate you, man. You can call me anytime. All right, buddy. Well, stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, buddy. You too. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. Let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites. We are the Fish Bites Nation, and this is your invitation. So grab some Fish Bites and get busy casting, because you can't join the nation without doing the catching. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Club Lures, or visit fishbites.com. And brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes, Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well-stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, what a great first segment, man. Oh, dip down there in, uh, in Mobile. What an awesome first time guest he was and what he's doing with the kids down there, man. Hats off to you dip for, for taking the time and, and the resources to do what you're doing to build up, uh, something to get these kids out and get them introduced to the outdoors, whether it's hunting or whether it's fishing. And we all need to do a better job of that. So, man, we greatly appreciate you taking the initiative to get that done. But, hey, let's get to segment two. We are going to go all the way from the south end of the state, all the way to the north end of the state with another first-time guest that I'm fired up about having on, Blake Teeters. What's going on, Blake? What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, man. So now you've got a guide service up there called It's Just Add Water, right? That's correct. I like that name, man. That's cool. Just Add Water Guide Service. Well, Blake, I know that you're kind of up there. You're, man, you're right in the middle of a whole bunch of good fisheries up there, but I'm, and, and you guide in, on a lot of different bodies of water. So you can kind of talk about that a little bit, and then we'll talk about what you did today fishing on Gunnersville. Yeah, sounds good. So I, I got it, uh, Chickamauga, Nickajack, and Gunnersville primarily. Today we were at Gunnersville, and we were not disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Not 
at all. So the bite is on in, in Gunnersville right now is what you're saying? Yes, it's, it's been very good all week, and today was no exception to that. It, you know, we kind of knew, or I kind of knew coming into the deal today that with this, with this front coming in that they were going to be chewing. And and uh, <laughs> the first hour and a half this morning was like, I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, God, what's going on here? And then there's like a light switch flipped about 9.30 or so, and it, it was game on for the rest of the day. I mean, we couldn't miss, and they couldn't miss us. You know, what, like I told you, we, we stuck with a frog all day. We didn't put a frog down, and that's how that's how I like to do it. And I don't know that there's a more exciting way to catch a bass than no. a top water. No, I, don't, I, I would agree with that, Blake. It's, it's one of the exciting things, most exciting ways to, to catch fish. And Gunnersville is one of the most well-known, managed, you know, famous for its frog bite. And, you know, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that that that's back on up there we had a guest on two weeks ago i think it's two or three weeks ago they had dropped the water down a lot and uh yep. like really quick and it kind of shut that frog bite down for a minute yep. but it it obviously sounds like it's back yeah it is and and what usually happens we see the same same type of deal at chickamauga every year when they first drop that water those mats you know, that had, say, five feet of water under them. They go to three feet of water if you drop, say, two foot, which is about what they pulled Gunnersville down, mm-hmm. foot and a half or two foot. When that happens, it just really, like, cakes that grass up and makes it so thick that, you know, those fish don't really get ever get a good indicator of where your frog's at. Um, we see that at Chickamauga a lot because, you know, they draw it down seven feet for winter pool. Um so it's not really, you know, if you if you were in the right area, you know, if you were in some mat that, you know, that was already kind of thinning out, you might have could have caught a frog or uh, caught a frogfish during that time. But no, I agree with what he said on, you know, they drop that water. It just makes those mats so thick. And I think we've had enough time since that water dropped for them to thin back out, you know, and get to where those fish can really find that find that frog through the mat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And. So when you know when you're when you're on a, a body of water like like Gunnersville and, and Chickamauga, it, it just, I've never been on it, but it sounds like it's similar in some ways. But there is tons and tons and tons of grass, right? So there's a lot of options of where to throw a frog, right? Right. When you go to a place like Gunnersville that's got that much grass, how do you narrow down? where you want to fish so when i go to gunnersville i mean like you said gunnersville is huge and gunnersville from one end to the other has no shortage of anywhere to throw a frog when i go to gunnersville i I look at it a couple of different ways i either i either start way back in a creek and work my way out and in that creek i'm looking for depressions i'm looking for little you know little ditches like where you may have like a a two foot to four foot change in con bottom contour that's how I would start in the creek. I'd start in the back of the creek looking for those type of places under the map. And then if I was going to fish on the main lake, that main lake can be a booger, but the thing about that main lake is your bigger fish, your gunners will live on that main lake. If you can find them, there's usually a winning bag of fish out there, but it does take a lot of time to find them. And that's all, to me, you do look for some of the same stuff, little points, little depressions, 
you know, if you know where there's a cluster of stumps or a little rock pile, those, those fish relate to that same type of stuff when the mat's covering it. But a lot of that main lake stuff is just drop that trolling motor and start listening for that bait. Start listening for that bait popping under the mat. Those fish usually aren't popping. So walk me through that real quick. You said you, so to drop your trolling motor, cut your engine off, drop the trolling motor, start trolling around, and you're literally yeah. listening for bait fish popping. I'm listening for bait fish pop, and I'm looking for any movement in the mat, any any movement. Um, I'm looking for blowholes. You know, you get within 100 yards of those good because they stand out. You know, there, there'll be dark circles in a, a green or yellow or brown mat, whatever the color of the mat may be. Start looking for that kind of stuff, and, you know, frog fishing's the, the one type of fishing that, you know, I know we talked about deer hunting a few minutes ago. Frog fishing's a lot like deer hunting in a lot of ways. You got to find the sign, and when you find the sign, just because you don't get bit right then doesn't mean those fish aren't there. It just means they're not actively feeding. So when I start seeing the sign, I start seeing the blowholes, I start hearing the bait. I know that area is right, and I know there's some fish around. I may leave it and come back an hour, come back two hours, you know, and check it again. I don't ride an area off when it's got the right sign. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. When you're fishing the frog, how fast are you fishing it? That's a good question because today our cadence changed probably. I know it changed twice. It could have changed three times throughout the day. In the mornings, you know, I usually start out with a fairly slow retrieve on mornings like I had this morning because, you know, we've had, you know, 58 to 60 degree nights for the last week well this morning it dipped down into the 40s for the first time in you know a week or so so this morning i started out with a slow retreat and you know we stuck with that slow retreat for the most part of the day because we noticed a lot of our bites were coming on a pause they were they were eating that frog when it was sitting still Mm -hmm. like we would go through a little short cadence and the frog would just be sitting there and wouldn't come up and get it I actually was on my phone today. The One of the bigger fish we caught today was five-something. I was on my phone sending somebody a text message. I had my rod tucked between my arm. My frog's just sitting out there, and that fish came up and got it. So the cadence of a frog, that, that varies by the day, and you just have to play with it throughout the day and kind of figure out what they may want. Now, later this afternoon, as this front really pushed in, we kind of figured out that like a a really fast, like four or five, you know, chops of the frog, you know, move it four or five twitches pretty quick and then let it sit. And then we'd move it four or five twitches really quick and let it sit. And they would either get it as soon as you moved it or as soon as you stopped it. Or as soon as you stopped. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. But you didn't have to let it sit there. You didn't, you didn't give it too long of a pause. Once it stopped, if I didn't hit it pretty quick, you started, you hit another four or five pops. Yeah. I mean, we would probably give it say a three to five second pause, you yeah. know, let it sit there and the mats we were fishing they were kind of watered down you know they had water on top of them they weren't they weren't your typical gunnersville scum mat that you typically fish so we would like chop it kill it and when the rings would dissipate around the frog like when the water would go back to being slick around the frog that's about when we would start it back up good deal so i you know we've talked about this a couple different time on on the show and i always like to get people's opinion on this you know there's like you made the comment a while ago there's there's really no more there's not hardly a more exciting way to catch fish than on a frog and i completely agree with that there's also 
not another lure you can miss fish on as much as you can fishing with a frog. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. So I always love to get tips from people on how how they improve their strike catch ratio. What's your technique when you get a hit? So my technique, I'm I'm always fishing a frog with my rod tip down. I'm never I'm never high sticking a frog. Um, I feel like when you high stick a frog, you just put your body in an awkward position to even set the hook. You know, you have to go way down to come way back up. Mm-hmm. Set the hook when you're high sticking a frog. So I always teach a rod tip down technique, and I teach a, a slack line pop on that frog, same way you fish a jerk bait, and that mm-hmm. seems to work out really well for for people that don't haven't ever frog fished before. It's easy for them to pick up on that. So you get a bite. The first thing I teach is point your rod at the fish. Don't set the hook at the side of that fish. Point your rod at the fish and find your line. Find your line out on that map. On a short cast, kind of all this I'm saying goes out the window. Because on a short cast and a short string, you're going to know if that fish got it. Right. With a frog, you want to make a bomb cast. You want to make a really long cast. And a lot of times you can't tell if they got it or not until you fill them. So I always teach, you know, take your rod tip from, say, if your rod tip's at five o'clock while you're twitching it take your rod tip to two somewhere between three and two and three o'clock and i teach a reel until you feel yeah reel and reel into that fish and then as soon as you know that that fish has it throw the boots to him yeah i mean try to break his neck yeah yes hard as you can hit them and that first three to five turns of the reel handle are the most important with frog fishing because you've got to get those fish moving. You've got to get them up on top of that stuff and get them coming your direction. And a lot of people will stick them and just hold on to them. And I'm like, you got to, when you stick them, that's when the work starts. You got to throw the, you got to throw the gas to them in that first three to five turns of the reel to get them coming your direction. Get them on top. Where a lot of people lose them. If you, if you let them get their head back down in that stuff and really get buried up and sit there. They have a tendency of figuring out how to get that frog out of their mouth. I don't, I'm not, I've never figured out how they do, but they have a tendency to be able to do that. And that's great, man. That is very well explained. All right, guys, let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. L&M Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And brought to you by United Bank. United Bank knows what an important role agriculture plays in our local economy. At United Bank, they are here to support local farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness, including real loans for farmland, equipment loans, working line of credit, and more. 
Truth is, they deeply value the contribution agriculture plays to our community, and they help our local farmers build successful businesses. They want to see you succeed. Learn more at unitedbank.com or stop by any United Bank branch. United Bank, all loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. Blake, people say, you know, they count to three or count to five and then set the hook. But then it, and, and then a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, I kind of do it like a, like a worm. Like if I'm worm fishing and get a bump, you kind of yep. reel down and then kind of start easing it, like you said, back up until you feel the fish. Yep. But I like the way you described it. Do you do anything? Uh, I've had people talk about, you know, they may bend the hooks up, they do things like that. Do you? Do you do anything to your frog other than take it out of the box and tie it on? So I throw, I've been on a, on a thick mat like what you have at Gunnersville, where, you know, the fish are pretty much swinging at motion. They can't really get a good visual of what they're swinging at. They're just swinging through the mat at motion. They think there's a brim on top of the mat. They can't see it. I, I've been throwing a scum launch frog. It's an American Baitworks product. It was designed, J.T. Kenny had a hand in designing this frog, I believe. And if there's anybody that knows matted vegetation, it's J.T. Kenny. He designed this frog, I think, in partner with maybe Lee Levesey. And, man, this launch frog is, there's not a better frog on the market for a heavy matted vegetation frog. And there's two things that make it awesome. It comes with the hook. The hook has a three-quarter ounce tungsten molded around the hook so you know like the old school snag proof frogs you would catch a couple fish on them and your weight would come out of the back of the frog yeah and if you didn't have any more weights on you and some super glue that frog wasn't no good for the rest of the day yeah you're done well this yeah this this frog's weight is actually internal and then it has a it has a small weight on the back of the frog kind of to help with the casting and help when it hits the water to flip up right on the right side you know the second part to that frog is it has some absolute meat gaps for hooks you do not have to touch them out of the pack it's a super soft frog the body's really soft on it i know back when i threw a spro a lot you know we would have to heat a heat a pot of water up on the stovetop and soak those those spros to soften them up you know um you don't have to do that with this frog but the, the one modification that i do make to my frog is i pull the silicone skirt material the the leg i pull that off and I buy a, it's called a buckshot rattle claw. It's just a jig rattle. It's a double jig rattle. And I thread that through the holes where the the silicone legs, silicone skirt material legs are. And that's my new legs on my frogs. They're two rattles. Really? Yeah. You know, I don't know that it makes a huge difference, but I mean, that's just something I've always done. And, uh, you know, it gives a little noise. I know a lot of people shove rattles and split shots and stuff in their frogs. You can't really do can't really do anything internal with this frog because it's it's built for heavy mats, so it's got a big hole where the water can come in and out of the frog. Or you know, like a scum or not a scum frog, old school snag proof or spro or really any other frog on the market, you know how after a couple casts you gotta squeeze it and make it make the water come out of it. You mm-hmm. don't have to do that with this one. But you also can't put anything inside of it. So that's why I like to I like to thread those rattles on there as legs that's very cool man i've never heard of that that's great is there any particular color do you ever change colors or do you kind of go out there and stick with the same color all day so you know on a guide trip if i've got two frogs going i I don't hardly ever throw the same color until 
we realized like, okay, it's a this color type day. Right. And, you know, usually some days like today, today was black. Today was a black frog day. Um, we started out with a white and a black and realized pretty quick that it was a black frog day. And then later in the day, um, they've got another color that I really like it's called sloppy toad. And it's, it's a brown frog, but the belly of it's got like a, a cream, cream white, tan belly on it. So it's just something a little different. You know, it's not, not black. It's not white. It's not bright green. It's just a little bit different color, but I don't, I don't typically get real carried away with the colors. When I'm fishing a frog on a mat, I don't typically get. They ain't got time. Away. They, they're not even hitting it to color them usually. They just, they're, they're like you exactly. said, they're hitting it motion. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I think, I think big fish hunt silhouette. So that's why black's a great silhouette color. I typically start the day every day with a black. I've definitely got a black tied on every single day this time of year for sure. I don't get super carried away with it. I just keep it simple. What about your equipment with that? So you're, I'm assuming you're using braid. Oh yeah. I'm a 65 pound braid on a frog. You know, I've, I've had this conversation with a couple of other guys and they, and they, they used to, if everybody uses, you know, everybody's got their own preference, but I, I actually broke one off today on 65 pound braid. Now it might've been my fault. We caught 15 fish without retying. And I had one that we felt like was probably in the five, six pound range, eat it 30 feet from the boat. And I threw the cold to her, my line popped. So you wow. can break that. It's breakable. Um, but that's why I use uh, 65 over 50. I've broke 50 a bunch of times. As far as rod and reel uh, setup goes, I'm throwing that on a 7.6 HFX halo rod. Um, that's a heavy action rod. I've bounced back and forth this year between an extra heavy and a heavy. There's time. There's days where I feel like, man, I need to be throwing it on an extra heavy. And then there's days where I feel like that the heavy's the deal. I don't really think it matters. I think as long as you've got a rod that has a good backbone, you got to have a really stiff backbone in, in the rod you're using the frog. Because, you know, even a two-pound fish is going to, it's going to bury up in eight or ten pounds of hydrilla or milk or whatever right. you're throwing it on. And you got to bring it all to the boat, you know. So, as far as reel goes, I like a high-speed reel. Eight three to one. I've been throwing my frogs on a loose super duty eight three to one. Um, no slower. I wouldn't hardly ever go slower than a seven five to one. You got to be able to take that line up. You, you know, like I said, a minute. You ago, want to that, get him on top of that water and 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 sailing back over the top of it. Exactly. Exactly. That first three to five turns of the reel is important, and I wouldn't want to be out there doing it with a six four to one. Or, you know, you you dang sure wouldn't want to be doing it with anything slower than seven, seven to one gear ratio. Good deal. How long will this frog bite last? So, you know, I've, I've heard fairy tales of people catching them plumbing in January on a frog. And I, you know, that's believable. I usually put it down way before then, but it's, it's not uncommon to see a frog bite go until Christmas, depending on the weather. It's all weather dependent. You know, if, if we have a mild early winter, they're going to stay on a frog. Them fish live under that mat. That mat's like a blanket for them. So even in that colder water, water dips down into the 50s, they're still going to be fish under those mats. Now, will that be will that be the ideal thing to be doing? Probably not. But if you wanted to go catch one on a frog, if you threw it all day, you're going to catch a couple on a frog. Yeah. I wouldn't be doing it on Bluebird Sky high-pressure days. 
this time of the year. That this time of the year, those days are killer for a frog bite. They won't. They just don't act right. They don't. They don't act like they do on on cloudy days or pre-front days. I actually did a trip yesterday at Nick and Jack, and we we ended up with like you know 15 or 17 blow-ups. The guys wanted to frog. I felt like we needed to be throwing an Alabama rig. The guys wanted to frog, so we frogged, and we did have some opportunities, and they caught a couple on a frog. But that high-pressure bluebird sky day, they just they don't they don't act right on those days. Just late in the fall, that would be more of a a, a punching day, or like I said, get off the edge of the grass, get out in that deeper grass, and wind a rig around, or chatterbait, or spinnerbait, yeah. you know. Yeah, something like that. But the cloudy days, especially the overcast days, is that's your frog. That's the that's the days you like to frog. That's the days I like to frog. Like it's today, like <laughs> it's a little against the grain from what you what you've been told. And you know, everybody's like, "Oh, sunny days are frog days." Well, they are early in the year. You know, early in the year, say September. On these cloudy, overcast days, them fish get out. They get out from under those mats and roam. But on a sunny day, that time of the year, they'll get buried up in that stuff because it's shady. Right. Well, this time of the year, these mats are dead. There ain't hardly anything left in under them. The root system, they're just floating mats. And um, these fish can roam under the mats this time of the year. So that's why I think the cloudy day, the cloudy days are the best days this, you know, this late in the fall. Good deal, man. I need to. I need to face some good. I know we got some cold weather coming this weekend. It'll probably. I don't know. I haven't even looked at the weather for next week. I don't know what it's going to do. I need to look. But if I catch another, it's going to be in the 30s every day. I'm, I'm. I don't know that I'll strip my braid off all my poles, but I think for next week the frog the frog rods may be in the rod locker for the majority of the week. We'll probably be. We'll probably be jerk baiting and rattle trapping and Alabama rigging next week. I would say. Yeah, or sitting in a tree stand. Yeah, I'm going to be sitting in a tree stand for the most part of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got. I, I should have already done it. This would have been a great week for me to do it. I'm, I'm going to be going up to uh, – I'm fired up, man, going up tomorrow to Pickwick. I'm sorry, I'm going tonight, going to be fishing tomorrow with uh, Brad Whitehead and Tracy Umber up there, and I'm looking forward to a, an incredible trip with those guys live bait fishing for these big small mouth it's gonna be fun but i've got to get my i should have already done it i need to get my kayak up there and uh get my frog out and 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 go up there to gunnersville yeah if it's not too late in a kayak i would definitely be using an extra heavy rod because you're not going to have the leverage to that we actually my client from today big kayak guy and he was talking about man this would be really hard out of a kayak just throwing the boots to them, you know, and, and really winch. Yeah. Because they can pull you around a little bit in a kayak. But That's right. It would be a lot of fun because in a kayak, I'll tell you, you can get in some places and, and fish for some fish that probably hadn't seen a frog this year. There's there's places like that at Gunnersville where you can, in a kayak, you can get way back in some stuff, you know. Yeah absolutely man it's a fun way to fish that's for sure i enjoy it but uh i saw good stuff man well well hey if so if somebody is coming up to gunnersville i know that we've got a big weather change so it's a hard question to answer right now you know if somebody's coming up there and and they this weekend and want to catch fish what would your suggestion be what would your what's your tip of the day oh my tip of the day would be keep moving until the fish tell you where to be that would be my tip of the day. 
And the reason I say that is like I was saying earlier, there's there's fish in a lot of areas right now, but it's 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 almost like springtime. It's a lot of timing oriented type stuff. And my tip of the day would be don't get settled in one spot if you're not catching fish. Keep moving until you run into an active group of fish. No, I like it, man. That's a good tip. Whether you're frogging or if you're down on the lower end of the lake, you know, chasing what little bit of schoolers are left or, you know, winding a rig around out on bars or jerk bait or traps, just keep moving until you until you run into active fish and you get in an area that's got bait fish, drop you a waypoint, come back later. Chances are there's fish around them, but just keep moving until you run into the active fish. That's a great tip. Thank you for that, Blake. Hey, man, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, What's the best way for them to get in touch with you, contact you, and make that happen? So you can look my guide service page up on Facebook. It's it's Just Add Water on Facebook, Just Add Water Guide Service, or they can reach me by cell at 423-710-6284. And that's for fishing Gunnerful, Chickamauga. you got several different options of, of places that, that people can go with you, right? Yes, absolutely. We can go. We can go a bunch of different places right here in the tri-state area. Heck yeah, man. Well, guys, y'all reach out to Blake, give him a call, and uh, sounds like he is he's, he's on the fish right now for sure, and uh, I bet he stays on them. So y'all give Blake a call, book a trip with him. And Blake, man, awesome first-time caller, and I uh, look forward to having you back on here as a regular caller, brother. Absolutely, buddy. I've enjoyed it, and you just let me know when we'll do it again. We'll do it absolutely it won't be long i appreciate you man stay safe out there we'll talk to you soon me too buddy thank you bye-bye all right thanks all right guys let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors this segment was brought to you by hilton's real-time navigator the days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas pretty much over don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish you need the most recent highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that the professional captains all over the Gulf of Mexico make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at hiltonsoffshore.com. And brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. MallardBay.com is the Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the U.S. You can browse trips and prices by state or species. Select the dates you'd like to go message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, mallardbay.com. Not sure where you want to go yet? Reach out on Instagram or Facebook, and they can help you find your dream hunt. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hey, what a what a great show uh, it was today, man. Two first-time caller guests, and both of them were just unbelievable callers. I, I mean, I enjoyed it thoroughly enjoyed it myself hosting it i hope you guys enjoyed listening to it just as much and man one end of the state to the other crappie guy to bass guy we kind of got covered the whole little range there and uh man it, i got to get up there to gunnerville and get the kayak up there and get on some of these frog 
that frog bite before it's too late for sure. But hey, guys, be sure and listen next week. I'll be recording uh, tomorrow night uh, live with with Tracy Umber and 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 Brad Whitehead and a couple more guys. We're all gonna be uh, we're gonna be eating some real good food at Tracy's house, and we'll record probably from there after a great day of fishing. So got that coming up. Y'all be sure and and tune in for that. That'll be a fun, exciting one to listen to. I know that we've got one of the fisheries biologists for the state uh, that is going to be calling in. We're going to be talking about the the Coosa chain specifically. Uh, we'll talk uh, probably a little broader about, about other lakes, but kind of going to focus in on the Coosa chain and uh, maybe some of the the issues that are going on with that and uh, so we're looking forward to that so be be sure and be listening for that as well but hey that is going to be a wrap for the day if you're enjoying the podcast guys take a minute and subscribe rate and write us a review wherever you'd listen and if you'd like us to email you the podcast we'll do that each and every week all you have to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767 and we'll email it to you each and every week stay safe out there guys look forward to talking y'all again next week this week's alabama freshwater fishing report was brought to you by bucks island bucks island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs as well as motor sales and services and now they have a pro level tackle store boat and motor trade-ins are welcome visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588 and by mb ranch king hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the usa we also offer high quality easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And Votana's Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. Photonist Defense, masters of darkness. And by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt. Go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources and Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona. If you're anywhere in the Southeast, sketch on an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com. And by Killer Doc. Killer Doc combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDoc.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind.